Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Gretchen Hashemi-Rod, Beverage Category Manager at Caribou Coffee, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. The Minnesota-based chain has more than 400 locations, mostly in the Midwest, where winters can be long and harsh. Yet sales of cold beverages are outpacing hot coffees and teas, even in the winter, and especially among younger consumers. Listen as Gretchen talks about how Caribou is innovating the beverage menu to meet that demand with equipment upgrades, clean ingredients, energy drinks, and mocktails and why the brand carefully times the start of pumpkin spice season so it's not too early or too late. Welcome, Gretchen. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Pat. It's wonderful to be here. So you are the category manager for Caribou Coffee. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah, I am the beverage category manager. We actually have a food category manager as well, but I manage the beverage side of the business in terms of any handcrafted drink we sell falls under uh, my category to handle, and then any ready to drink the bottled beverage uh, also. So I oversee the, the R&D in those categories and you know handle the innovation calendars and, and launch timing and, and things like that. Exciting. Wow. Well, the beverage menu category is really active these days and beverage concepts seem to be growing. Um, There are so many new ones coming that are smaller and then the large ones like Caribou are innovating so much on the menu. So how are you differentiating yourself in this competitive field? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And, you know, the, the competitive landscape changes daily, almost, it feels like. So, at Caribou, we really feel confident that the difference with, with our uh, beverages is actually what's in the cup. So whether we're talking about 100% Rainforest Alliance coffee, so starting with the best beans in the world, or moving toward our clean label commitment that we made several years ago where we said, um, we're going to take all that artificial stuff out of our beverage ingredients. We're going to remove artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, and preservatives, and use everything as real as possible. So uh, if you get caramel in your drink, we're using a real caramel sauce. If you get a mocha, it's real chocolate chips melted into your milk. Mm. Uh, and we just, we think the, the flavor difference is obvious. The experience is, is obvious from the get for the guest. And really, we think that stands out amongst the competition. We're not using flavor syrups and powders reconstituted into a sauce format. It's, it's as real as we can possibly make it in, you know, 400 plus stores. And we're really proud of that. Well, that sounds great. And, you know, I've seen a lot of activity, especially in cold beverages. Even in the winter, people are ordering mm-hmm. more cold beverages. So what is Caribou doing in that area? And are you focusing more menu development on cold beverages? Yeah, great question. So uh, the younger demographic, really, who, you know, every restaurant chain and coffee shop is trying to get that age group into their stores. We're all clamoring for the same customer here. They're the ones really pushing this. They over-index on cold beverages. They're asking for innovative ways to drink cold coffee. So that's, that's been starting, that's been happening here for the last few years. So I, at Caribou, while we're innovating in cold and, and trying to get credit for that as, in as many ways as possible, I really look at it in a few key ways. In the last few years, we've focused on cold specifically, the first being nitro cold press. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, A few years ago, it was only like third waivers. You'd see a a nitrogen infused cold press and it was really, really unique for that channel and that type of, that type of coffee shop. And it's, is sort of it, uh, ubiquitous is maybe too strong of a term, but people know what this is now. And a few years ago, no one really knew what it was. And at Caribou, we're really proud of a, a best-in-class cold press on tap. And our nitro menu is pretty expansive and includes things like black nitro cold press for the, the coffee connoisseur, as well as maybe more approachable options like a nitro turtle mocha using uh, caramel and chocolate and playing off of a very successful everyday drink, the turtle mocha just in a nitro format that we're pretty sure is helping people adjust to a drink that may seem intimidating or uh, a little overwhelming or like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand that nitro coffee, but if you throw caramel and chocolate into it, I'll try it. So uh, we're pretty proud of that. And this summer we've been focusing on nitro campfire mocha Um, and campfire mocha is a a mainstay on our beverage menu as well. So uh, a pretty broad nitro menu to help bring people along, not to, be hard on Midwesterners, but we can be a little lagging on adopting new foods and beverages. So we've spent a lot of time and energy on nitro in recent years in terms of, you know, bringing people to that cold space in a really, really cool way. Does that mean you had to get a lot of new equipment in your stores? I mean, obviously you need taps for that. And um, do you need more than one to do more than one beverage at a time or... Good, very good questions. Yes, we did have a pretty large uh, expense in terms of equipment. We're really happy with where we've landed. It's one unit that has two taps, so we can pull just regular cold press on tap off of one head and, and nitro off the other uh, using you know uh, other technology there. But it's it's just one machine. It's really great. We're not kegging cold press and holding it under pressure, which is a challenge for lots of reasons. And honestly, we were testing cold press or nitro for two years before we landed on what we, what we're using today. And it's in, you know, 90 plus percent of our stores, you mm-hmm. can, you can get nitro and they're doing, you know, all of our cold press based drinks with the cold press right off the tap, which is a cool guest experience, but also delicious product for people in the drive through who aren't going to see what you're doing. And it's less about showmanship and more about how fast you can be. Right. And people in the Midwest, I know it gets really cold there in the winter. Are they ordering <laughs> Like nitro cold brew in the winter too? You know, you'd be surprised at the the group in Minnesota that is just so hearty. They drink cold no matter what the temperature is. We do see a pretty big swing between hot and cold on the pendulum once the weather dips below freezing. That does happen later and later each year. So mm-hmm. right now in the summer months when it's 90 degrees outside, a majority of our drinks are cold. And uh, later in the fall, year after year, we will swing over to the hot side as a majority of drinks. But that's happening, you know, later and later, more people are just switching to cold all the time. Mm -hmm. Or for Minnesotans, maybe their new threshold is zero degrees instead of freezing, (laughs) you know, hard to tell. My editor will be glad to hear that because he lives in Minneapolis. So he's one of those. He knows all about it. (laughs) So I'm really curious about pumpkin spice because that seems to be coming out earlier every year. Do you have a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice cold brew? And when do you um, usually bring it out in the season? So pumpkin is just as big here as everywhere else. And I I just saw some pumpkin coffee in the store the other day, a retailer. And I thought, wow, we are really getting early here. It's, you know, first week of August. We bring in our pumpkin sauce. We're very proud of it. Like I said, with our clean label commitment, we're using real pumpkin puree in our sauce. So the flavor is incredible. 
wow. and a, a really great beverage experience. So we've had pumpkin for years. It's now one of those maybe table stakes flavors. You just have to do it. And it's one of the times of year that you can walk into any coffee shop and know exactly what their limited time offering beverage is going to be. It's going to be pumpkin. So we're a few weeks away from our pumpkin launch, which uh, typically is at the end of August. And um, it'll be huge. I mean, every year it's more and more. We keep buying more and more pumpkin sauce every year and people gobble it up. And it really is, it's, it's unbelievable how big pumpkin is. So we do it a handful of ways. We have a, a pretty big range of indulgent drinks like a pumpkin white mocha, for example. So pumpkin sauce, white chocolate chips, steamed milk, whipped cream, the whole, the whole shebang, as well as things like a pumpkin crafted press. And crafted press is a, a really unique drink for caribou that you literally can't get anywhere else. No one else is doing anything like it. And it's just cold press with a little bit of cream, a little bit of sugar, and just a hint of flavor and meant to be a lower calorie, less indulgent drink that's maybe more frequent. So we don't expect people to buy a pumpkin white mocha every day, though if they want to, that's great. <laughs> We're here to serve them. Um, but a pumpkin crafted press, which is, you know, just a little less of all the things. Um, and just a, like I said, a hint of pumpkin is a, a nice way in. We do nitro pumpkin drinks. And so it's a big, it's a really big menu. It's a huge time of year for us. And, you know, that back to school timing and routines shifting. And throughout the pandemic, even we saw huge pumpkin numbers when we weren't even sure uh, what we'd find out. And without, you know, those back to school routines, especially that first year of the pandemic, people just went nuts for pumpkin and they continue to, to buy us out every year. Wow. That's impressive. And I also noticed that you launched bubble tea um, recently and bubble tea is like sweeping the nation. I've done a number of stories on it. I live in New York where there's one on almost every block now. <laughs> so, so what, made caribou launch bubble tea and how is yours a little different than some of the others? Yeah. So we do our own version of bubble tea. So we, what we've developed are tiny cubes of coconut jelly. And so they're, they're literally little cubes and they are chewy, like a, kind of like a boba, but a little less firm. And they're, they're super unique. They don't have a ton of flavor on their own, but we pair them in a couple different drinks. So one of those is a matcha tea cooler. So if you think uh, like matcha milkshake, essentially, it's a pretty indulgent blended drink over this bed of, of coconut jellies. And then the other version is a more milk-based tea, a little closer to some of the traditional boba tea or bubble tea drinks. It's some tea and some milk and maybe a, a flavor. So we do a raspberry green tea mm. over bubbles as well. And uh, this is their fifth summer fifth summer in a row, we brought them in. They've only ever been a, a summer promotion. And people ask about these leading up to their launch. And we have a lot of big, you know, fan following of when are bubbles coming back and our bubbles coming back. And, you know, it's a really fun way. It's not for everybody, as you know, but it is a really fun drink and a really cool texture and a, a really, a really cool way to get a non-coffee drink. And they do great in the afternoon. Yeah. So you make the coconut jelly cubes on your own, like in the house? We don't, we do order them uh, with a vendor partner mm -hmm. and yeah, they're, they're quite good, but they are very unique out in the marketplace. Yeah. Cause sometimes the tapioca balls are a little too chewy. So these sound like they're have a better texture. Yeah. And I've been at places where they're making handmade or like homemade boba in the back. And there's sometimes some odd texture there and yeah. um, they don't really fit up the straw or things like that. A uniform cube shape uh, works great. Great. 
So as far as you say that people, you know, ask for the bubble tea drinks, you know, they anticipate them coming out. Are your customers also demanding that the pumpkin spice drinks come out? I mean, are you getting a lot of requests right now or do they wait until you know, they actually come out? I, I personally know several people who would be thrilled if pumpkin <laughs> showed up in the stores tomorrow. We are not getting a lot of feedback yet. We are uh, a few weeks out still of, you know, summer items. And it's, I, I think pumpkin helps specifically here in the Midwest when the weather starts turning and which can be a, you know, who knows. September weather could be very hot or it could be snowing and it's, it's hard to tell, but usually when we hit, we don't get too much feedback on while you were really early, that's offensive, or we don't, you know, who's talking about pumpkin. We tend to feel pretty good about the launch timing, but I'm I'm sure there are those already who are just anxiously awaiting the first pumpkin latte and uh, we're, we'll be ready for them. So what else is happening on the hot beverage side? Are, are you doing some innovative things? You mentioned that you're actually photographing Christmas drinks right now. So that yes. this must be hot. Currently in a studio listening to Christmas music while it's 85 or 90 degrees outside. Yeah. So not a ton of innovation in the hot side. We're headed into the time of year where our limited time offering menu is extremely predictable. It's pumpkin in the fall. And then, you know, shortly after the fall window, we'd roll over into holiday and it's ho-ho mint mochas and eggnog and all of the seasonal things that go along with that. So um, not super innovative and hot. We still have a ton of hot drinkers, but we really have been focusing in on the iced, iced innovation that that younger group is looking for. And, you know, cold is sort of the way of the future with in coffee and there's lots of ways to do it. And, and we're trying to manage that for the 2023 calendar. But again, a, a really predictable next three or four months here with a lot of just returning favorites that people wait for and Mm-hmm. and um, buy as soon as they're available. I'm intrigued that you call your blended beverages mocktails. So is, I mean, is that an intentional marketing move? I know mocktails are really popular now. And how, how are you positioning these? Yeah, so our, we have two mocktails right now, a strawberry daiquiri boosted mocktail and a pina colada boosted mocktail. So those fall under our boosted, our caribou boosted platform of beverages, which are um, fruit juice based non-coffee drinks that are caffeinated using caffeine from coffee beans, as well as a blend of, uh, guarana and ginseng. And so more of an energy drink type thing, but the caffeine is actually from coffee. And so we've had that platform for a, a few years. We actually launched just before the pandemic, which probably is the worst time in the history of a beverage launch to do a big innovative platform. And then three weeks later, you know, no one's leaving their house and we're hoarding toilet paper and uh, we, you can't go inside a coffee house. Uh, but that, that platform specifically has done well against some tremendous pandemic headwinds over the last couple of years. And so last summer we launched mocktails, a, a, a boosted version of two different mocktail flavors, which was last year's strawberry daiquiri and margarita. And had mainly been watching mocktails show up on menus all over the place. And a lot of uh, research suggesting, well, you know, no one's going out to bars or no one's traveling to tropical places. And they're just trying to, to have something that makes them think of a, of a beach and maybe something a little less stressful than their daily life. And they did really well last summer. So we brought them back this summer in uh, they're available sparkling or blended, but quite honestly, the blended versions uh, outsell the sparkling and you know who doesn't want a blended pina colada you can have at lunch or take to work with you and not have odd looks about a, a, a rum-based beverage or something so we intentionally called the mocktails to just 
be clear that no, there's no booze in these, but they are certainly based off of familiar drink profiles that hopefully just instantly transport you to a, a beautiful beach somewhere. And, you know, you can forget about what happened at work that day or how crazy your kids are, or any of the stressors we, we go through daily. And they, they did really, really well again this summer. So that's been a fun sort of pandemic learning. We probably wouldn't have done mocktails a couple of years ago, but it was just an interesting watch on menus that first year mm-hmm. that mocktails were really on the rise. And do most people order them in the afternoon or you, you mentioned they might even order them in the morning on the way to work, but. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll sell it to you whenever you'd like it, but they really do have a big spike after like 10 or 11 in the morning. And I think when people are just out and about and buying lunch, mm-hmm. you know, typically in all cold drinks, we see a pretty big uptick in the afternoon anyway. But uh, mm-hmm. these are sort of a nice caffeine bump when you're done with coffee and you're moving to something else that needs to get you through the rest of your, your day and early evening. And like I said, available sparkling or blended. So you can do it, you know, whichever way you would, would like or how many calories you're trying to consume in your, um, you know, boosted drink. but. There's a handful of them on the permanent menu, and those mocktails are just here for the summer. They've been very successful. And what about customization? Is that a big push for caribou, or do you try and steer people towards the preset drinks? It sounds like you have quite a number of really interesting drinks on the menu, but do people still ask for customized drinks? They do, and I, I think every coffee shop brand would say that's a, a critical piece of customer service, and you we want to make sure the guest gets exactly what they're looking for, whether it's calories or you know non-dairy or whatever they might need to do or whatever flavor they prefer. And so we're happy to customize to whatever degree someone would like to. Obviously, there's a fine line between speed of service and 20 different levels of customization. So that can certainly impact things. But we really work hard to design the menu as modular as possible, that those customizations are easy to execute from a barista standpoint. And, you know, easy to understand. And as long as, you know, an order ahead or in the app, you know, we, we talk all the time about what level of customization exists in the app. And is that less or more than what you could do inside a coffee shop talking face-to-face to somebody? So we talk about that a lot, but it is really important that the guest gets exactly what they want mm-hmm. and that we can meet their needs, you know, whether it be dietary or, or flavor. So can they customize on the app uh, like they would in the store? Yep, they can. We allow for, mo- I think it's most, I mean, we're currently in a app redesign. We're going to relaunch the app here um, shortly and really based on some user feedback and, and ease of use, which I think will open up a little bit more customization options. But the things that aren't currently available today are really the nuanced sort of things that perhaps are even better communicated in person mm-hmm. to a barista. But um, in terms of flavor shots or caribou lingo is mousse it, if you want to add a shot of espresso. So that all of those things and like switching your milks, all of that's possible in the app on any drink. Cool. Now, I know you're the beverage category manager, but can we talk a little bit about the food side of the menu? Yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> so what are some of the menu additions that you've made recently? And what are some of the longtime signatures that you can't take off the menu? Good. Very good question. So we do have a, a big menu of all day breakfast. So uh, uh, sandwiches, egg sandwiches. And that menu does include a a gluten-free option. We hit on vegetarian in there. And uh, this summer just launched our first ever fully plant-based breakfast sandwich, partnered uh, with Just Egg to do that. And it's been 
hugely successful. I mean, out, outdone what we thought it would do as we just see more and more customers asking for fully plant-based items. Mm-hmm. And, but then there's things like a bacon, egg and cheese bagel, or, you know, a sausage, egg and cheese biscuit that are just mainstays on honestly, a lot of menus outside of ours that have been around for a long time. They aren't going anywhere, but we continue to try to innovate in the, the newer spaces opening up and just egg and plant-based is one of those things that even a couple of years ago would have felt a little too niche for caribou's customer. And like I said, it's, it's had a great summer and is, you know, we're learning a lot there from, from that. We've done a sandwich. We currently have a sandwich on the menu with beyond meat. It's not fully plant-based, but um, using their uh, plant-based sausage and that also does well. So there it's Mm -hmm. picking up. And then, you know, we have some bakery items, donuts and all the stores and some traditional bakery, and then some cake pops for, you know, afternoon treats or, or pick me up or breakfast. Pat, we're not going to judge if you want a birthday cake, cake (laughs) pop for breakfast, we'll be happy to give you one. And so, you know, good things happening in the bakery world as well, but, and then a handful of stores with a larger footprint who just have a little bit more storage space and prep space. So those specific stores do have some lunch items and some, you know, ready to eat, grab and go like overnight oats or yogurt parfaits or things like that. Cool. And so breakfast is the busiest time for food sales, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of our traffic is before, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning. And so a, a, a big number in breakfast sandwich sales. And we're, we're really trying to build that afternoon day part with, you know, bo- the boosted category helps certainly. Mm-hmm. And it will be exciting to, to start to play in the food world of afternoon, you know, treat seeking sort of options. And let's talk about how Caribou has enhanced the guest experience. I know that you brought, a, you know, about a number of innovations in that area as well. I know, um, you know, service is really important to you. So tell me how you've enhanced the guest experience. Yeah. So in a sort of physical sense, we've, you know, the last couple of years, we've been opening a lot of our newest store type called a cabin. It's a drive-through only. It's meant to be super fast in and out. Um, They carry the full beverage menu and uh, they're really adorable. They look like little tiny blue caribou cabins. And so, you know, really addressing the need, which was super loud in the pandemic of this has to be fast. I don't want to get out of my car, you know, but I want all of the options I'd have at a regular store versus a kiosk that might have a smaller menu. And so we've, we've responded to some of that. Those stores have done tremendously well and uh, we're building, you know, more and more of them all the time from a less physical, uh, more maybe digital space. The brand team and our internal IT team are constantly working to evolve how the guests can interact with us from a social media standpoint or the order ahead or caribou perks, which is our loyalty program. They're in constant analysis mode of how to make that better and easier. And we, we know touching people in a digital way is, is just getting louder and louder. It is, it is how people are going to, you know, interact as time goes on and really a critical touch point for us that other brands are also, you know, everyone's addressing this. How do we reach people on social media and how do we reach reach you on your phone and how can you reach us on your phone? And then, you know, things like online coffee ordering, which had a, you know, great, great couple of years in the pandemic and, and things like that. So uh, we're trying all those things and we're trying to be as fast as possible and trying to offer up meaningful innovation, some of which the guests are asking us for. And then other things, you know, hopefully are like, oh, I, I never knew I wanted that, but now I have to have that drink and come back for more. And this year is Caribou's 30th anniversary or birthday. Um, so what are, what is the brand doing to celebrate that? 
I, I know 30, it's, it's weird and amazing. So we're, we're working on a couple things. I'm not going to give away any top secret information, but a, a couple fun ways, hopefully for the guests to celebrate with us. So the brand team is working on, you know, a, a, basically a week sort of promotion in the week of our birthday. And we'll be talking about some fun things and, you know, hopefully invite people in. It's a, it's in December. It's a crazy time of life for most people, but people are feeling pretty indulgent in their beverage purchases. And we're selling a lot of, you know, like I said, ho-ho mint mochas and eggnog, but it's, it's a busy time. So, you know, hopefully the, what we, what we end up pulling off is, is fun and exciting and gets people in the door. And, you know, we're only around for 30 years because they keep coming. And so really it's, it's intended to you know, celebrate with our guests and, you know, say thank you. It's really pretty amazing that the whole coffee segment really just emerged in the last 30 years or so. Cause when I was like in college or, you know, even in my twenties, there weren't a lot of coffee places around. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It was, you know, the early nineties pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And it's funny even now to be talking about cold coffee because back then no one did cold coffee. Right. Even 20 years ago, cold coffee was sort of fringe. And, you know, now it's just like, well, that's the only way people are going to drink it down the road. So what do you think is next after cold coffee or <laughs> whatever is coming down the road, maybe in 2020? Yeah, what a good question. Our 2023 calendar is, is uh, going to be very cold, Pat. <laughs> we're, we're working on a lot of cold innovation and really some unique ways to introduce some items to the menu, some of which will be, you know, limited time offerings and some of which will be a, a complete expansion of the permanent menu. And so I can't give much of that away, but it is focused on cold. And, you know, again, more and more people doing that. And that younger demographic is really pushing the boundaries here on innovation. And it's, it's a really exciting category to work in and some really fun stuff coming down the, down the pike. And what are you most excited about both personally and professionally as we head into 2023? I'm excited professionally to be, you know, well, I guess hopefully at a spot where we're done talking about, is this the new normal? And is this the, is this what we're going to do now? And I, I hope, you know, we're learning more and more as every month goes by and it's been a, a strange two and a half years in the retail world, but professionally I'm looking forward to, you know, we have some normalcy and some, you know, some things we can actually expect versus, just handling the unexpected all the time. Personally, I just think, you know, I drink, I'm a cold drinker. I drink cold drinks and I'm not under 25, just to be clear, but I do drink cold and I'm, I'm personally very excited about some of the things coming and, you know, just drinks that are like, I, I didn't know that that was possible and that is really, really good. And I can't wait until I can have another one. And, you know, that's, that's would be what I would say. And to run a category where, you get to innovate on things that you absolutely love is, is really fun. So 2023 is going to be super exciting. Thanks so much, Gretchen. It really sounds like the beverage category is such an active and creative place to be right now. Please join us for more episodes of Menu Feed as we explore food, drink, and menu trends. You can listen to this episode and past ones on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 